0: Welcome to The Last American Vagabond. I'm honored today to be joined by George Webb, independent investigator, someone out there who's really kicking down journalistic doors all over the place. And I'm glad he has some time today because I know he's very busy with what he's doing. And I wanted to get into a couple of really interesting things that both just his work in general, but things that I heard him discuss at Rebels for Cause in regard to Robert Malone and a, a bunch of other interesting points, but specifically Robert Malone, because this has been an interesting conversation for people in this just in COVID-19, you know, truth in general about, you know, where he stands and what his background was. And it's right to be very skeptical. And so things that that uh, George Webb had presented that I thought were really fascinating. So I wanted to bring him on for and and by the way, we've never connected before, which is kind of crazy, seeing as how I have great respect for him and and the fact that we're in this field in general. So it's nice for us to finally connect. I know my audience will be very happy about that. So uh, just bringing George in, let's get into some interesting things. And if we have time, a couple of other points that we'll bring up that I think are very important and hopefully we can connect going forward in general. So George, how are you?
1: Great. Uh, I am on the Ryan, you know, with Ryan Christian. So I was like, Oh my goodness, this is a great moment for me. Uh, but seriously, I mean, seriously, um, I'm here. I'm kind of catching me in between I'm running around Los Angeles, covering the writer's strike uh, with CBS behind me there. It's all over AI whether i christian and then a personality for him and now ai generates 10 more episodes how do you pay you know this is some interesting new things with this ai so anyway that's not on the malone topic uh but uh malone is also speaking of that using ai to develop drugs uh ai is now being used in the drug, drug discovery yeah
0: Sorry, there's a little bit of a delay uh, in in the recording there, but I, to your first point about, about uh, AI and, and the whole thing, it's really interesting. One kind of funny note before we get into it is how there's all these strikes like Hollywood and so on, and it's interesting how a lot of people are kind of like, oh, I didn't even realize. That's <laughs> just like the media side of it, that people aren't as, they don't care as much about it as they think we do and so on. But the idea of where artificial intelligence is going is very concerning. The idea that they're kind of right in front of our eyes circumventing or rather just replacing everything or trying to with this whole field so that is very alarming but in in the second point you brought up in regard to artificial intelligence drugs why don't we just start there because that's something that seems so relevant to the bigger picture and in my opinion and tell me if i'm correct on this it's something that's been planned a long time and we can argue that it was just coincidence that COVID 19 was the justification or maybe it was used in that way or created kind of give me your thoughts on where that's going and, and am i correct in thinking that that's been planned for quite a long time
1: Yes. The answer is yes. Sorry, a little bit of background noise, but the answer is yes. Um, Back in the day when they actually would create a crystal structure using x-ray crystallography, they've been using x-ray crystallography sort of to figure out this lock and key mechanism of the chemistry between where the drug's going and, and blocking some key thing. ACE2 receptor in the spike protein is the one that has been used over and over again. But in cancer therapy, for instance, there's this new cancer therapy here in in uh, Duarte, city of Hope, California, about twenty 20- miles. A O H, nineteen ninety six. This is supposedly, you know, incredibly effective against solid cancer tumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to Glebeck and Dr. I was at uh, Oregon. I'm, I'm losing, using, I'm losing
0: uh, you, George. I'm, the, I'm sorry. Gleevec. You're, you're cutting out pretty bad. I'm, I'm having trouble hearing what you're saying. Sorry
1: about that. Still, uh, still there? Well, um, um, maybe it's because of the Wi-Fi. Let me go off Wi-Fi a second, uh, Ryan, okay. and then let's try it in a
0: okay. well, wh- While you're doing that in general, I'll just comment on, you know, the, the very concept of the artificial intelligence-driven drugs is very relevant to what we were just talking about on Pirate Stream. The idea of where this is all going and, and the reason I brought up the concept of it being long sought, you know, not new concept, not just kind of discovered with the new technology de- developments, but rather something that they've been striving for for a very long time that now technologically they can't accomplish. You know, it's a very different way to look at that. And, I, and that very concerns me because I think a lot of what's happening today includes a lot of foreknowledge and a lot of planning and execution. And, you know, on that note in general, it seems a lot better. So uh, go ahead and, and continue what you're saying.
1: Well, uh, yes, AI is the way of not having any employees, Mm. not paying any money. Uh, Your computers get faster and faster every year. Memory gets cheaper and cheaper. And if you've developed some kind of uh, expert competency, like you in production of of news, uh, AI is a force multiplier for you. And it doesn't really hit the expense line, but it generates big revenue. So everyone Mm. in every business is looking at AI. And drug discovery is no different. And the real bonanza, as I mentioned before, COVID is just a door opener. It kicks the door open to AI drug discovery, but a whole slew of cancer drugs, as I mentioned, are right behind it. This is the thing that Bob Malone is involved in Mm. at the critical period in January 2020 uh, with a program called Domain. Uh, And Domain's using X ray crystallography, it's using drug discovery. Uh, it's using all these things to develop new novel drugs, including a vaccine called Inovio. Mm. Uh, and this is the part of the story that Bob Malone doesn't want to tell. And because uh, he took $55 million uh, from the uh, HHS secretary, uh, and because he's taken uh, specifically to solve uh, the COVID crisis with repurposed drugs, and specifically took $10 billion over 10 years, uh, he has a public responsibility, and we have a public right to know. Mm-hmm. We have a public right to know about uh, how this money is being spent, and all the interactions between me and Bob Malone have been around the public's right to know versus I don't really want to tell anybody those details. I want to push out this this image that I'm a uh, an anti-vaccine sort of uh, champion. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the part where the the rubber kind of meets the road with between me and Bob Malone.
0: Well, well, let's take one one small step back, and then I do want to get into that in particular. And and your, one of your post Malone Intel disclosures described a string of mass formation psychosis ops and, and predict and so on. But before, but for those that may not have seen anything about your engagement here and your your thoughts on this, so it, so Robert Malone stepped into this. Already with, for, for people in this field, a little bit of suspicion because of where he came from, right? That's always justified, but then very quickly kind of became seen as somebody fighting the system. Now, why is that incorrect? And or give, give me your thoughts on where he plays into all of this. And I know that's a big topic, but do your best, you know, to kind of let us know where you see him fitting in and why you don't think he is, you know, genuinely fighting all this.
1: Well, gradually he's admitted to a lot of the things uh, that I have first asserted. Uh, And he said were lies or whatever. Um, One of them is this domain program that right at the January, 2020, it's the program to come up with repurpose safe drugs. That's not anything at all. What happens? There's a a company he uh, is involved with called Inovio. Uh, Inovio comes out with a drug in 48 hours. Uh, Their key person, uh, McPherson is on with Scott Pelley on 60 minutes. It's a pump and dump type scheme where it's the early promise of the coronavirus, you know, in January of 2020. Uh, this is when he's supposed to be looking at the standard of care, which is what? Hydroxychloroquine or the DARPA recommended uh, from 2005 for early intervention, which was hydroxychloroquine, or excuse mm-hmm. me, ivermectin. Mm-hmm, yeah. So somehow in this black box, which he was in charge of, Science Magazine says Robert Cadillac called Bob Malone, Somehow in this black box where he started as the engineer on the train, the train didn't end up at hydroxychloroquine Mm -hmm. a year and a half later, and it didn't end up at ivermectin. It ended up in remdesivirville, and it ended up in mRNAville. And he Mm -hmm. keeps wanting to say that he tried to turn the train, he tried to do all these things, but you have to look at the black box analysis which said, you started with HCQ and IVM, and we ended up with uh, remdesivir and mRNA.
0: And which my audience should remember, remdesivir is very clearly, I mean, you could take many points, but specifically New England Journal of Medicine study on it, showing that it killed almost 50% of the people in the trial for it. It's obvious that this is at the very least not the, the best choice. So it's something that we should criticize. But what what's interesting is right now, I believe he is already talking about, and a lot of people in this field that were kind of presenting themselves as fighting all this using mRNA, but in a positive way. I don't know how anybody can get on board with that kind of a mindset with we're, we're still watching a system that's been proven itself to be corrupt. So, you know, do you, does that, in your mind, does that show very clearly that somebody is not honest in the situation? I mean, do you see a path forward for MRNA in any way with what's going on in all this?
1: Oh, yeah, very, very much so. Um, again, it, you get you get all the LA traffic here, uh, so you know I'm live. Um, the uh, MRNA... It fits very well what we were talking with before, which is AI. It's it's program, Mm -hmm. it's code. So now I can generate, uh, let's say, a thousand different things in in software that could be my potential domain, my regional binding domain of my new drug. Uh, And that's why that uh, the corporate money and public money was used in the domain program to fund this. It was funding a future generation of AI drug discovery it wasn't being used to repurposing, because it would be very simple. Mm-hmm. If I got the a one, uh, $1 million purchase order, I'd say, well, you know, hydroxychloroquine, let's try that, it's right there written at the top of the list. Let's try this ivermectin that DAR- DARPA recommends. That's not what happened. 55 million was spent for CARES Act money. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, 10 billion before that, it was to enable this new AI world. And mRNA is, is hand in glove with that, because mRNA is also code. Right. So it makes no good to come up with an AI solution if I can't affect it in the code, if I can't execute the code, in other words.
0: Right. And this really just sheds light on the even the analogy, which it clearly doesn't even seem to be an analogy of Moderna's original, which now they've removed from their website, where it outlines the mRNA platform plug and play software analogy it's that's exactly the point and now and my audience will be is very aware of the fact that moderna took the chinese sequence what january 12th if i remember correctly and two days later already had the thing they're still using to this day you know and it, that very clearly shows you they never even needed isolated if you know whether you think it was but it's a conversation we can get into that's fascinating to me and so do you you are do you feel this is the original point of all of this to, that, so they had planned that from the beginning that's so fascinating so wh- where do you see it going next well,
1: the first thing is Bob Malone's admitted to, first of all, it's not, they didn't see the code the first time in January. It's a 10-year program with USAID Predict through the U.S. State Department.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I said this to Donnie O'Sullivan in March 2020 in a recorded interview. Uh, it's a joint venture, folks. Uh, it's a joint venture. Uh, this is the USAID Predict uh, program. Uh, they tried to make it, they gave some money to Health Alliance to, to try to port it over to bats so that it would come back to humans, to try to make you think this is, was zoonotic. It was not zoonotic. It was lab from the very first. And they've done everything they can to try to convince you that we were reacting. That's not true at all. It was a 10-year program, USAID predicted. It was preempt before that. There was prophecy before that. And the same cast of characters all along the way, Michael Callahan, David Hone, Robert Cadillac, Daryl Galloway, Daryl Rickey, uh, all the same guys going all the way back to Anthrax 911. <laughs> so this is a very long-term project. Uh, and this, the, the next step is AI d- drug discovery. And mRNA, like I said, it's, it's sort of like being a, a good coder, but not having a computer to run the code you need a platform that will run the code and mRNA is their only is the only game in town. Interesting.
0: Well, uh, quick side note in general, how do you see Cadlick recently came out and essentially stated that vaccine research was the proximate cause of all of this and essentially threw Fauci under the bus to a degree. How do you read that with where that goes forward?
1: I think that's hair pulling. Bob Malone says that on his uh, hair pulling meaning it's two little girls pulling each other's hair a little bit acting like they're not friends. But they're going to be right. on the school bus that day together going home. Uh, this is the games that we that civilian and military play with each other to say, well, it's the civilian guys that did it. Uh, the, the military guys say the civilian guys did it. The civilian guys say the military guys did it. It's, it's meant to lose you in the big picture. The big picture is definitely this enablement of this uh, AI drug discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's coming in a big way. You, you have to go no further then the James O'Keefe perfect, perfect Pfizer-Arc chart uh, to get the evidence here. Um, Jordan Walker's boss, first of all, Jordan Walker's the guy who writes the BCG paper to resurrect Remdesivir. He's not a doctor at the time in, in May of 2020. That's the first sign that this is a stooge or a proxy. But his boss uh, is an AI person at Biogen two months before she joins Pfizer. Uh, So she's an AI person for sure, she has two AI patents, one in 2013, one in 2018. Uh, And her job is to write two papers, Lightspeed 1 and Lightspeed 2 at Pfizer, and it outlines exactly what I'm saying, AI, mRNA, cancer, and all the rest of the therapeutic areas. That's definitely the area that Pfizer is going to turn, and they're going to turn all pharmaceuticals in that direction.
0: So, so AI, AI developed would imply with the, the, the platform, the, no safety testing. How does that play in? Because right now we're seeing that with the bivalent, the, the, really no safety testing necessary if they have their premise to begin with, even though you can prove that they're not necessarily even the same thing. Does that play in here?
1: Yeah. Uh, so there's going to be an operating system, much like Bill Gates was introduced as Windows, and then everything ran through Windows as a security platform. You're going to have the actual backbone being made at a company called Resilience, Mm-hmm. In, Al- in Alachua, Florida. And then you're, as a software developer, are going to submit what your epitope is or what your domain is, the finger, if you will, articulation on the body, if you will. And then they're going to run it through that. So most of the body of what's being shipped is going to be controlled uh, by a centralized authority. And that's what's coming. Uh, the, the same company also does uh, uh, synthetic nicotine currently, nicotine 3.0, and they're going to be moving toward synthetic CBD. So this is the direction we're heading with a centralized authority for drugs, CBD, nicotine, etc.
0: That's terrifying. I recently did an interview with uh, Destiny Resendez about specifically resilience and that overlap. So I'll recommend people check that out. It's, it's a unnerving situation to see how much of this is an illusion. You know, the military overlap, the DOD, it's, it's very clearly the medical countermeasures discussion. It's, it's terrifying. But you bring up uh, uh, Jordan Walker. Since you, it's, can you explain for those that maybe didn't don't didn't see because for most people this is the guy that was on that video right and and they don't really know the bigger picture that your work has been fleshing out so you, you went into a little bit could you explain that bigger for people to understand who this is and and why he was in this video and what you think about that? Sure, um,
1: most people think of it as him and James O'Keefe fighting over the iPad and he's falling all over the tables and so right. forth and eighty million views, the most successful by t- factor of ten. Uh, Project Veritas video up until that point, but in actual fact, what Jordan Walker represents is the person who basically, the Lee Harvey Oswald of of remdesivir. Hmm. Somebody had to be the one who reintroduced remdesivir. As you mentioned, it had a horrible record um, with death uh, and, and asphyxiations and so forth, and so it needed to be brought back in by somebody. Well, why not have some consultant come in And be the one who recommends it. And it's a Boston Consulting Group white paper. And I gave it to James O'Keefe live on a space with Mario Nafal with 18,000 people listening. And he retweeted it out. And that's when the trouble started between him and Project Veritas because that was unscripted. And that led back to Boston Consulting Group. And that's not the messaging that they wanted. So I think there's much more to Jordan Walker in terms of being a proxy for the the deep state actors here. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing for Shuang Wu. She's also a McKinsey consultant that's brought in to kind of shield the upper executives of Pfizer away from this move. They're going to move everything to RNA, mRNA at Pfizer, this Lightspeed 1 and Lightspeed 2. Now, her boss is a guy named Michael Dolston, who did the Cancer Biomarker Project, the Cancer Genome Atlas, the Cancer Moonshot in 2013, the Cancer Moonshot in 2020, a big contributor to the Human Genome Project. He's been doing these cancer markers. Uh, planning for this cancer future for almost 30 years. So they didn't want his name and his picture on it because then it looks like a contrived event. So they brought in these two consultants, and that's the secret to the Pfizer Perfect Dark Chart.
0: Interesting. Well, so what you said there about Project Veritas then, doesn't that, then? I mean, I think we kind of see the way that played out, but that seems to suggest then that Project Veritas itself as an in- entity, not necessarily James O'Keefe, are very clearly in not, trying to bring you the truth. Would you argue that if they're trying to hide this and got rid of him in that sense?
1: Yeah. Well, I think Barry Hinckley, who's the money man. Uh, I mean, they Hinkley yachts, they make yachts for the Rockefellers. Hmm. Uh, so that's the juice inside that the hidden hand, if you will. Hmm. Um, I think the other guy, um, you know, Matt Tiermond uh, is a hardworking guy and he's just trying to go out and get the story. And, but he knows the, the dog that wags the tail at project Veritas is Hinckley and Hinckley yachts and the Rockefeller interest at Hinckley yachts. Uh, but Tierman still does a pretty good job. I like Matt Tiermond, I like James O'Keefe. I just wish they both mm-hmm. would have returned to their most successful story, which is it unlocks the whole plan. If you just go back to that perfect Pfizer org chart.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, then that's, but I think that's exactly the point is, you know, why, if they don't, then that speaks, I mean, at the very least it suggests that there's the, somebody doesn't want that to be looked at. Right. And I, I mean, the way that all went down, not that that's the most important thing to talk about today, it just kind of, it suggests that there's something that somebody involved didn't want to happen. You know, that story itself was very, I mean, just just to get into that exact point, like the, the idea of the a directed evolution concept, you know, it will like, if that was put out in a way that you, I guess you were kind of suggesting was surreptitious or that wasn't exactly the reality. Why would that be floated as like directed evolution? You know, so the whole thing was designed to kind of like hide the background of who was involved. Is that what you think? Or is there any truth to the directed evolution side of that? Oh,
1: oh yeah, there's truth to the directed evolution. That's what's being done in Alachua, Florida. Mm-hmm. The actual woman to get the Nobel prize, Francis Arnold for directed evolution runs the company resilience. I don't mm-hmm. know if Desi mentioned that, but mm-hmm uh that's a big deal she she has five different in in qtel with cia slush fund darpa slush fund tech slush fund She has five different darpa startups Uh, so directed evolution is going to be done there now the idea for directed evolution could be we remove everybody's p53 cancer suppressor gene you don't need to know all the details it's just the p53 is the number one first breaking system to stop cancer in your body and if i remove that if i take that capability away from you now i'm sort of directing evolution mm. because you're either going to have to buy my cancer vaccine or you're going to die or your let's say your tumor suppressor system beyond p53 works but huh? i am i am directing evolution in a way at that point right. once yeah. i take your p53 away and that's exactly what might be happening with the contamination stories that are now coming out, this is, by the way, where the vaccines are actually made. Bobby Kennedy was right that Pfizer just slaps the label and Moderna slaps the label. The actual vaccines are made in Latchua at Red Resilience. And the contamination now could be a lot of different things that cause cancer or take out your P53. and And that's where I think the real directed evolution is. So wouldn't it be great to have a consultant be the one to introduce directed evolution rather than the ink you tell
0: ceos <laughs> that that got the nobel prize for it you know yeah, that yeah.
1: gets away the whole
0: game you know the guy that you would immediately say oh there's the line to connect right exactly right they want to focus on the wrong guy well so is that the is that the the sv40 dna kind of conversation and so explain can you explain how the p53 like so you're so that being included is arguably deliberate to remove your p53 is that what you're saying? or how, Explain the, the mechanism for me if you can.
1: There's a couple of different ways to take out your P53. Uh, the the GP160 uh, protein separates into GP120 and GP41, the little one. The little one, GP41, actually, Singh at the U- University of uh, U and Courtney, uh, you and uh, Whitney Webb did a great thing on Corona Thrax, uh Last American Vagabond. Uh, this is the same lab, right? Uh, Singh is at UPMC, and he said this. GP41 can take out, so that's the first thing from the shot that can take out your. That's the same as your tempress uh, gene can take out your P53. But the other thing is SP40 allows me to put in sort of a landing strip into your genome by putting in true promoters and inserting it into your genome. I can come back later with a secondary with it? with any gene of my choice. And thirdly, I can have a Jordan Walker or some contractor add what's called a HeLa cell. And HELA cells have been uh, spoiling the broth ever since the polio vaccine. And they they're a very contagious form of cancer. So all these things, now we know that there's contamination, the door is open, and we have, right? As you know, we have the hockey stick in all the cancers now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. something caused those hockey stick across all the board here, some twenty times cancer. You know, you're hearing all these stories, and that's where you have to start questioning the CIA guys that are in cancer vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sun Shang uh, is the kind of the front man, but John Brennan is in at immunity bio and also Wesley Clark from NATO and the Atlantic council is in there. Uh, and that's not good when CIA is providing you, you, your cancer vaccine.
0: Right. Right. I mean, the, the, the alarming concept of this, there's so many things to get into but the general concept of the, uh, you mentioned something you, like a priming, right? The idea that this, like the runway you mentioned. So essentially given something now that sets you up for whatever might come next, that's terrifying to me if you could touch on that. But I was just going to comment really quickly on the idea of whether, you know, obviously the SV40, if you guys haven't looked into that, I've covered it a little bit on my show. It's something that goes back a long way, but that's clear to me that there's obviously an overlap there to the cancers, the turbo cancers in particular, but just the concept of cancer being increased it's you, oh, we need to look no further than the concept of dysreg lymphocytopenia like the idea that our immune systems are being literally dysregulated by these shots and then add that stuff to it so i agree with you i just think it's wildly multifaceted would you say that all of that's intentional or is that just a byproduct of something else we're trying to achieve i
1: think it's very intentional i think it's sort of breath tax or life tax or live coin or life coin uh- Oh. One moment. I'm Sorry, I got a phone call there. Um, nice. If you think of it, it's sort of like life coin. Uh, you get to live if I give you another coin to put in the coin op machine another week or another month. There's no way to there's no way to put that system into place without some kind of switch, without some kind of reliable switch, like a cancer switch. And if I know what I'm taking out of your system, then I know what you need from me in terms of a vaccine. I do think that's where this is going. I'm not saying it's there yet. I'm not saying LifeCoin is here yet or Coin-Operated Life is here yet. But that's the direction they want to go. As far as primaries and secondaries go, that's exactly how anthrax works. You, you guys did the great coronathrax article in October 2020 uh, with the web as well. Um, the idea of that is you put out a protective antigen, which is your primary, and then you come back later with your lethal factor or your edema factor, and they work together. Sort of like putting in an oil rig, and then bringing in the drill later on. That's exactly how it works. So we're looking at a lot of technologies right now.
0: God, I mean, it just—it's such a terrifying concept. Like, I'm almost like, as much as I'm always wanting to hear the truth, like having you confirm this to me. It's something that a lot of people have worried about for a long time. That the idea that these are the succession of the injections is something, whether priming for something worse to happen or simply just keeping you on the hook, so you only get worse if you stop. I mean, you're just you just made a bunch of addicts and that seems like Big Pharma's model. And even worse than that, it's just anyway, that's terrifying.
1: Terrifying, but true. Uh, It's actually sort of the Rockefeller model, which is control, 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, sort of like street lights. Right. And sort of like turn signals and stop signs like you see here. They want that uh, at every turn uh, for the new electric cars, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you're only going to be able to have under the auspices of some type of centralized control. It's the same thing of moving from autonomous vehicles, that you see going back and forth, to more electric vehicles, to then uh, the tunnels that Boring Company is digging in uh, places like, uh, I think, Springfield, Missouri and Las Vegas, where you get in the car and it just takes off, or the automated Ubers where you mm-hmm. just tap. So, yeah, that's that's the future in your body as well for the bloodstream and the roadways in your body. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, my, I think it's important that we don't shy away from this is why it's so important not to shy away from things that are alarming and scary. You know, like they've primed in a different way. A lot of people trained a lot of people to dismiss things that are just too much to deal with. And this is this is exactly what we see happening right now. And it it really is. It's terrifying, but important And I think people I hope people will look more at George's work on this. One last point that I wanted to get into in regard to both the directed evolution kind of direction, but also just here's a a post of yours on Twitter in regard to the, you know, the basically openly telling us exactly what they pretend isn't part of this, which is gene editing. And as he writes, FDA's Peter Marks says gene editing breakthroughs have met regulatory reality, saying basically we're not getting enough gene editing on the market. And then the fake China lab story you wrote. I'd like to, you know, kind of finish with this point about where this all seems to be going and, and whether, you know, what this lab story was about and how China plays into this, you know, wherever you want to go with that. There's a lot of ways to see this, but I think my personal opinion, if we can start there, is that there's a lot of overlap to this and that this is about a global concept, but what do you think about it?
1: Well, the first one is Peter Marks. He's Mr. Emergency Authorization. He's the one who approved the emergency authorization of MRNA. Hmm. Uh, and of course, Because mRNA is a gene therapy technology, he's all in favor of, hey, let's have some more emergency authorizations. Mm -hmm. That's why I think you're seeing these sort of uh, cases where, uh, uh, you know, they're they're focusing on individual cancer cases, individual children, uh, so that you can get the uh, uh, compassionate use case approved in in the Congress.
0: You're talking about like a personalized drug treatment?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you get some of these compassionate care... Type authorizations, and I think that's what really where they want to go. They want to go next. See, that's why we need control of our cars. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the uh, uh, but as far as that's Peter Marks, you know he's out there pushing gene therapy, which you normally you don't hear from FDA. You normally right. hear, "Hey, uh, thalidomide, we got the chirality wrong on the molecule, and it became uh, a horrible thing that caused birth defects." You know, normally here at FDA say safety stuff. Uh, Glevac actually is uh, uh, thalidomide repurposed, by the way. Um, But, uh, you know, on on the other side of the uh, lab, yeah, sure. Uh, The Chinese, um, uh, people don't know the 600,000 kits were flown in March of 2020 from Incheon, Korea, straight back to uh, BWI uh, Airport to Johns Hopkins University. That was a collection of a bunch of swabs, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, that were sent back to Johns Hopkins so that people could do analysis for doing drug discovery, right, Uh, those, and it flew in an MQ-9 Reaper through diplomatic community through the ambassador of Korea. That's how you do test kits. You don't do test kits uh, in a, you know, little uh, Class B office building with a garden hose running into the back, you know, this it begs uh, credulity, you know, to say that the Chinese uh, government is going to rent some cheap, vacant uh, thing and they're going to spread some chemicals on a table and, and feed it with a garden hose. It's just so ridiculous.
0: It feels That's like finding a passport in the middle of a burned down building kind of a situation where it's like, well, the hose running out the building seems very high level intelligence apparatus. But, you know, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, went, I just got back flight 93 and, and it was even worse than that. They found his passport too, Zaid's passport. So that's the second one. Uh, but then they also found his credit card. Three hundred yards. They didn't find anything else. They found a credit card leaning up against a tree,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they ran his credit card. And that's the credit card that bought the ticket to the plane. So it was case closed, <laughs> right there.
0: Well, the, the 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 lab story in general, though, is that I'm glad it's just. It I thought the same thing. It seems uh, you know who anything's possible, but it seems really ridiculous to just jump to that conclusion. And then I pointed out that uh, Bill Gates in 2021, and even going like, I think, 2010 forward as like a memorandum of agreement with BGI from China, and that ultimately in 2021, they already agreed to bring uh, open six labs in the United States. Now, I wasn't able to actually follow that forward and find that they did them, but that's on the record that they agreed to that. My point was simply that why can't we at least ask if there might not be overlap that this like maybe this is China and the United States or, you know, however we want to look at it, just, you know, be skeptical of that. But, you know, so what do you think the point of that story is?
1: It's a, it, well, it's a diversion. It's, it's a throw uh, away from uh, the reality of real how real government-to-government joint ventures work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really DARPA, which is CIA's kind of skunkworks, uh, meeting up with China's DARPA, which is the China Academy of Sciences. And Xing Li is, was one of the 14 engineers that Henry Kissinger kind of brought along from En Lai and so forth. So this has been a long time in the making to develop the Chinese DARPA, as well as the U.S. DARPA. And it's a joint venture between the two. And the BGI labs, um, one of them's in Florida. I know that in Central Florida, and I believe they put several around the country. But it, again, allows you to go outside the country to do things like emergency vaccine stockpiles, et cetera, for your next operation. You don't need to go through the Congress. You have no oversight through the Congress. So isn't it great that we have these Chinese labs? Those are the real labs, not the ones with the garden hose.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and on <laughs> top of that, we know that, I I mean, like, for instance, 23 and Me, you know, also a, a Wajiki, if I'm saying that correctly, the, you know, sister of the former CEO of YouTube, openly said, well, we're using this to to forward to go forward with genetic drugs like that's on the record right so bgi was the, even the u.s government put out a warning saying be careful we let the labs open but be careful security and privacy it's just it seems kind of wild that the whole point is taking your genetic information to go forward with this and we don't even know what that fully means as a society yet like the true breadth of what it means to have someone's genetic profile like as we step into cloning and all the rest of these futuristic kind of you know really not futuristic right now technologies it's very concerning
1: Yeah, I mean, and this genetic targeting goes back a long, long way. If you go back to the original Henrietta Lacks cells, which are the most voracious cancer cells, they they, uh, multiply 20 times faster than even fast-multiplying cancer cells. There was a very specific enzyme called G6PD-A. It was the um, African-American version of the variation. Uh, So so race-based enzymes and um, biomarkers have been around since the 50s right in 60s so did it get better over the next 60 years well did computers get better did phone technology get better did cars get better the answer is going to be yes
0: yeah that's i mean that's a great point to leave it on right there in general i think that you know the reality of the you know ethnically focused dna focused kind of weaponry i, I think we need to realize that that's very clearly happening right now and then if, whether it's been used or not is the, the question you can ask yourself but that's a terrifying reality. And as they're actively trying to take advantage of the genetic part of this and with society, I mean, right now there's all sorts of overlaps to getting more access to your information, both genetic and otherwise. And I think that is all about control, right? So thank you for taking the time today, George. I think we should definitely connect again for a whole bunch of other topics, but I know you're a busy man. So thank you for taking the time.
1: I'd love to do it again when I'm not on the streets, but uh, thank you, Ryan. It's been an honor and a pleasure.
0: Thanks for for being here. And as always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.